Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you have decided to make Sports Talk with David and Mobile a part of your day, me and myself and I, since I don't really have a whole lot of uh, family that I am supporting, I appreciate it. And um, it's been a little while. But it's been busy on the uh, on the home front. I hope everything has been good for for you guys. And uh, got a couple of uh, Suns games to talk about. But before I get into that, um, I have some really really cool news um, involving um, involving the Phoenix Suns. Um, a couple of my friends and I are. Um, going to New Orleans the Suns uh, are in the first round against New Orleans uh, first two games and in Phoenix games three and four um, three is uh, tomorrow and uh, game four is on Sunday um, and this is my first ever Phoenix Suns game it's not my first NBA game, my first NBA game um, was in New Orleans as well, um, but with my uh, ex-wife on our one-year anniversary, we went to um, to see the Pelicans play, and it was uh, Denver came to town, and uh, I don't remember the outcome, but I want to say New Orleans did lose. Um, it was a close game. Uh, I do remember that. Um, and uh, when Anthony Davis, Day to Davis, was there, Street Clothes Davis was uh, in New Orleans, um, a part of the uh, Pelicans at the time. Um, so um, that kind of gives you an, an estimate of, of uh, you know, roughly how long. It was since it's been a little while since he's he's been there, um, and given up on his team. I think they would be a um, much better team now, of course, if he was uh, healthy. But um, when he's healthy, he's not a bad player, um, just never healthy. So that that's the problem. But anyway, um, my first ever Phoenix Suns game. Is a playoff game. I'm super excited, stoked. I don't know how much uh, sleep I will get um, Saturday night going into Sunday, um, but um, the the time is the is the best and worst part. It is an eight, eight o'clock tip, um, so I can go to church and and then you know get lunch. And New Orleans is only. Uh, right, right at pretty much two hours, um, for the most part, or just maybe a little, couple minutes over, de- depending on traffic, uh, from me. So it is, uh, you know, I can go to church um, in the in the a.m. and then um, grab lunch um, and then drive up there. We'll be there early, um, but that's all right. We'll we'll make the the um, afternoon um, a part of uh, our day in, in New Orleans just kind of spend the afternoon in 
in New Orleans. Um, I think uh, we haven't decided on when we will leave, but I do know that um, I made the suggestion to pretty much leave after church. Like, I mean, we'll get lunch um, while in Mobile. Um, probably nothing too fancy, um, but definitely something filling. So that way um, we will uh, have no need to make many stops on the way. And then, um, which there's not really much time to stop you. I mean, you, if, you, if you've, unless you're older and your bladder has gone downhill, which that happens when you get older, or you just have some issues, from Mobile to New Orleans, as close as it is, um, there's no reason to make many stops. You fill up before you go. You don't have to get gas um, really at all. You, I mean, you can get there and back on on a tank of gas in, in most economy vehicles. Um, if you stop, you know, again, it's just to use the restroom, but I, I've never really had to make um, any stops going to New Orleans, really. Um, is I use you know use the bathroom before you go, you know you get your road snacks if you want them, and and just you know go down there. You know it's not not a not a big deal. Um, so I say it's the best and worst part. The worst part is that it is an eight o'clock tip. Um, kind of too late for me to um, because it was some kind of a spur of the moment I mean well my job is is pretty good with you know I, if I ha need to take some time off you know kind of last minute I, I can um, but I'm just I, I should use it but I'm, I'm not going to um, but it, it'll be an 8 o'clock tip about a two hour or so game um, that brings you to 10 we'll probably be um, be back um, midnight or so that's I mean it's not terrible um, you know I, I can I can run on you know uh, five hours of sleep four four hours five hours of sleep I, I've done that before it's not the end of the world uh, hopefully I'll be yeah I will well I say hopefully I'll be able to go to sleep uh, you know I might still be so jacked up uh, of the outcome um, spoiler was hoping for a, a Phoenix Suns closeout game for on game four but it is not a game a closeout game uh, unfortunately should have been could have been um, but I'll get to that in a moment you probably hear me talk about you know the should haves um, because you know it is rather uh, disappointing not time to hit the panic button but it is disappointing but I'll get to that um, got a lot to get to and it is an, another one of those episodes that is full suns um, but uh, I'll be talking game one and game two and uh, we'll we'll get that underway so that that will be um, that'll be my Sunday and uh, I'm excited about it um, I don't know what the over under um, would have been that my first ever game um, as going to see the Phoenix Suns would have been a playoff game 
it's like you know once once in a lifetime well not once in a lifetime but um it, it's just not something that happens uh, you know your first time going to see your, your boys play and be in a playoff game so i'm super excited um <clears throat> about that excuse me you just gotta uh, all of a sudden clear my throat a bunch um but it should be good. I will talk about that, and uh, hopefully um, I will uh, have time to do a game-by-game podcast. That's what I was going to do. I didn't do that last year, as, as many of you uh, have have known that have listened to me for a bit. had uh, Heath Tillman on, and we did a couple of games, and it was like basically we would podcast – if something in the series would change, which, you know, it would be, you know, every, you know, two games, two or three games is what we would do. Um, and, uh, um, it, it was good, had it fun, but it, this would be just me and, uh, um, show sh- should be good, but, um, hope, uh, hopefully I won't go too long. Um, like I said, it's been a while since I've done anything. Um, as far as uh, Suns go, um, not much to speak about from the other team. So, um, as you've noticed, there's just been a lot of Suns only podcasts. So, um, hopefully, you enjoy it, and I know I enjoy doing them. So that that'll be up next on Sports Talk with David Mobile. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk with David Mobile, uh, the thirty-six and forty-six. New Orleans Pelicans uh, facing off against the 64 and 18 Phoenix Suns. Um, the uh, game uh, started in Phoenix um, as uh, Phoenix has home uh, court advantage uh, throughout. Um, there's no other team that was better than them. Um, and. Uh, they will have home court uh, throughout. Um, first time in a while um, that the um, East was a lot closer. I think there was like only one team in the uh, ten seeds in the East that were um, below 500. Um, for the West, it was more than that. I think it was two or three. Um, but anyway, a much superior team, the Phoenix Suns are, uh, against New Orleans. Uh, going into it, um, the narrative was, you know, a, uh, Monty Williams against his, uh, former assistant, um, and Willie Green, uh, former teammate of Chris Paul. That's how long Chris Paul has, has been in the league. And, uh, you know, so this, it's a New Orleans team that, um, you know, has the same playing style and coaching philosophy as uh, the Phoenix Suns um, and a uh, culture that they are building over there. Uh, Willie Green is very familiar with, you know, how the Suns run things. And, of course, since the Suns know Willie Green... They are familiar with how New Orleans uh, runs things, um, but it, uh, Game One was a 110 to 99 um, win for Phoenix. Now, when I read that score, 
Um, it's not indicative of how the game went. The Phoenix Suns in game one um, was dominant in every way except for on the offensive glass. Um, and um, in every quarter except for the third quarter. So the closer score goes to show you one um, how a bad uh, third quarter can um, affect things. I mean, in fact, there was a um, I'm not sure what the lead was. Let me get it up. Um, a 23-point lead at one point. So it was you know so dominant except for on the in the third third quarter and so dominant except for the offensive glass excuse me um i mean so much so that uh it was i mean well rebounds in general um was a i don't know how many it was um a 20 I think that one time they had I had 25 um, rebounds to the Suns like I don't know I was it 10 I'm not sure it was it was pretty pretty blown out let's see um, 55 total rebounds for New Orleans tw- uh, 35 not 25 35 um, for the Suns, of those 55, New Orleans had 24 offensive rebounds and 31 defensive. Suns had 30 defensive and only five offensive boards. So that was that was the big the big difference there. Um, so it, the Suns were so dominant defensively that they. Um, you know, they kept New Orleans to only 30, um, was it 34, um, let's see, where is it, um, 34 points in the first half, uh, 16 in the first a quarter and 18 in the second um, and then New Orleans had a big 37 point quarter in the in the third and then uh, the Suns had um, a better quarter that um, after that you know they um, their highest quarter was in the fourth so their fourth was their their best offensively. But defensively, the first half was really, really good, and then the fourth quarter. Uh, I know I keep on, you know, saying that, but it was, um, it it was such a such a difference. But anyway, one ten to ninety nine. Um, Chris Paul, thirty points, twelve of sixteen from the field, two uh, two at the line. C.J. McCollum, uh, twenty five points, nine to twenty five from the field. And four of six at the line. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, 25 rebounds. Um, that's the other thing I was going to say. 
Valanciunas had 25 rebounds himself. At one point, the Suns didn't even have a 25 as a team. Um, so that, that was just so lopsided. But anyway, he had 12 defensive and 13 offensive. I mean, a double-double just in in rebounds itself as far as if he broke it down in defensive and offensive boards. Ayton had nine rebounds, seven defensive, and two offensive. Um, McCollum, six assists, three turnovers, 43 minutes. Chris Paul, 10 assists, two, two turnovers in 35 minutes. Um, not much really else to say. Um... The shooting percentage was was down for New Orleans. Uh, they had they were thirty seven point nine from the field, um, and thirty nine point one from uh, distance. Um, and they are only nine of twenty three from distance and uh, thirty six of ninety five um, uh, as a whole. Um, and. Uh, that was that was big thing. So the offensive boards for the Phoenix Suns was were were bad, of course, but their defense was so good that um, they, even though they didn't get the second chance points, um, New Orleans had to have those second chance points just to kind of keep it close, if that makes any sense. So they had to miss so many times basically to make it if that i know that's kind of funky but that's just you know how how it went down um and this dominant performance um again in every way but uh rebounding and um specifically every quarter but the third quarter was I think a um, a bad thing you know it, it was it, and I think it has a lot to do or not a lot to do but maybe a little bit to do with you know what happened in game two um, the fact that, that it, it was a, a loss which you know if you heard me in the open talking about possibility to go into um, Sunday's game as a closeout game and that said it's not that you know that you know there there was a loss somewhere and there was only two games played so I'm talking about a win here you, you easy math and and um, everything would say oh well it must have been game two yes that that's where it is um, I do have Really um, wanted to go straight into um, um, the um, post-game um, media availability. Normally, I'd have some other things I wanted to play, but I just want to kind of go straight there. I didn't want to, you know, uh, talk about uh, or play anything from um, the game itself. You know how great Chris Paul was in 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 the fourth quarter, um, or anything like that. Which he was, he was great. But I just, 
you know, wanted to kind of get right into it for the most part. Been been talking, blabbing for 20 minutes now, and uh, just want to kind of get right into that. So uh, up first will be the Monty rundown. Like I said before the game, like they're not gonna quit, um, and you know their ability to play in the paint, physicality is something that we've talked about. Valentunas had 25 rebounds, and you know, they had <clears throat> 25 offensive rebounds, and they end up with, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure, but close to 20 more shots than us, something along those lines. So that, that allows for um, them to have so many extra possessions, and that can tire you out. I thought we hadn't played in um, over a week. I thought there was some rust our side and execution of certain offensive sets. Defensively, we got a, a bit spread out, especially in the third quarter. They had 37 points in that quarter. But I, th- I told our guys to be able to persevere um, under those circumstances in a playoff game and win the game. Uh, you'll take it every time. And I feel like we're going to get better once we get our game legs underneath us uh, on Tuesday. Got the uh, sound from um, um, the Suns YouTube uh, account, uh, suns.com. And uh, um, Monty Williams' opening statement there was, you know, obviously, you know, question asked about the game in general, but asked about the, you know, what he's talking about, large in part was the rebounding, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, New Orleans is not a team that is going to just lie down. You know, even though Phoenix won, um, the the uh, Pelicans have played very well um, in in both these games. But I know I'm talking about Game One right here. Excuse me. Um, and it it was, um, you know, again uh, a big third quarter for New Orleans um, and I uh, was you know was really impressed I, I was excited about how Phoenix played in in, in the first two uh, quarters in the first half um, and then you know they they just closed it out in the in the fourth quarter like they typically do but just um, you know, New Orleans, they didn't, they didn't lie down. In fact, you know the message Willie Green to his 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 guys were, is that if we, you know, the only adjustment we need to do and make is play the way we played in the third quarter for for all four, um, and I have to say that's what they did in in game two, and and that's why. Um, why they won the game, um, but again, I'll get into that more here in just a little bit. Monty was asked about you know the Suns' defense and particularly in the first half, and and um, you know he he gives credit where credit is due, and basically says this: first half was great. I mean, I you know I gotta look at the tape. I thought they missed some shots. But, you know, the first half was Suns defense. And the second half, especially the, the third 
third. Um, you know, we, we gave up a lot of one-on-one drives to the basket, and then our bigs had to come over and help, and then you give up offensive rebound. Um, so we got to do a much better job of staying in front of the ball. But to your point, first half is the kind of defense we can play uh, over the course of a 48-minute game. And that's something, the defense, is something that – the Phoenix Suns have been able to rely on pretty much since Monty Williams has is, is, is been there. Um, you know, it, it starts with, you know, the culture, of course, but his assistants, like Willie Green, you know, when he was there, and, and um, Mark Davis, and uh, specifically, you know, um, Mark Davis working with, you know, DeAndre Ayton and the, and the bigger guys, and I'm not sure uh, the the other guys uh, on his staff and and you know what they do specifically, but defense has been you know the thing for for Phoenix. Their their defense is what they've been able to rely on, and it has been good, like I said, since Monty's been there. Um, and in that first half, like he said, it was absolutely spectacular. Probably the best uh, defensive showing. That I've ever seen in a playoff game, um, you know, again holding a team to only 34 points in two quarters in in one half is just really unheard of. He was also asked about you know the offensive rebounding specifically. It has been a problem probably since the All Star break. Um, re- rebounding as a whole, but specifically offensive rebounding. So. He gets into that, you know, right here. Yeah, it's, it's been something we've talked about uh, for a while. We have to continue to work at, you know, hitting those guys first. Um, I think the bigs are caught in between coming over to help on the drive, staying with Balanchunas. We have to do a better job of staying in front of the ball from the perimeter so the bigs can stay connected. Give him credit. He was a physical force tonight. But we'll be better come Tuesday. Um, I, I like where he goes and says, you know, we got to do a better job at, at, you know, at hitting them. And, I, and he's not talking about, you know, being dirty and, and you know, punching them in the face, but just, you know, getting up in their jersey, you know, being physical with them, backing them off off the uh, off the block, um, you know. Uh, be be physical in, in in what you do to try to get a, a rebound. Um, he he mentions it here in, in in a second, but he says you know too many times in the league, not just them in general, but the, the whole league. You see a lot of guys, you know, on, off a long three is usually you know where most of the rebound offensive rebounds are hard to figure out because. You shoot a long three, um, and you know it hits. If you miss, it hits the backboard, hits the rim, and of course it hits that rim, and it's going to bounce any kind of funky way. And it's hard to um, position yourself because you don't know where that ball's going. But what Monty says here later is he talks about, you know, you can't just be, you know, eyes to the sky. You know, you, you gotta, um, you know, or stargazing, I think is what he, what he says. And, and again, I'll get to it here in a second. But, um, 
it, it the three point shot has has kind of created that issue where you know you, you're just watching the ball instead of watching you know watching your where your man is and and getting him out of position and getting yourself in 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 a position you know uh, you can do both but you know the, the guys in the league this league you just really you know, oh, there's the ball. Oh, oh wait, oh, I'm supposed to be rebounding. You know, just you, you maybe not that dramatic, but it it's, it seems very very close. <laughs> Monty was asked about Chris Paul, who had a big fourth quarter, and the big reason why um, the Phoenix Suns uh, won the game, especially after struggling in the third quarter. Excuse me, and um. He had 19 points in in the fourth quarter alone, um, which is huge and just really closed it out. So Monty was asked about Chris Paul in the um, in the fourth quarter, just kind of taking over the game. Yeah, he was he was running middle pick and roll. A couple times we did a side pick and roll, but they were switching. Big backed up and he had a hot hand. He was knocking down shots, and then there were a couple times he just got to the basket. But I think the team set up having the shooters around him allows for him to get to the to the paint. And then DA and Javel diving um, puts a lot of pressure on the rim. But that's just classic Chris. At the right time, he takes over, and we needed it. There was a spell in the third where we just turned it over and we got bad shots. We got to the basket and missed the layup fell down. We were behind in transition. You know, it was like a five on three break at times. We had a guy in the corner. So his ability to knock down those shots allowed for us to set our defense. That is uh, you know one thing I think Phoenix has that well not I think Phoenix has. That is one thing that Phoenix has and I know it's a big deal that no other team has, and that is Chris Paul and his ability to, to uh, you know, help close out games. And uh, um, sometimes, you know, you kind of wish against a team like New Orleans that is, you know, an under 500 team. Um, they're, they're a good up-and-coming team, you know, a couple pieces away perhaps and, and they'll they'll be in the playoffs without actually going through the play in tournament. And I don't know how long they'll keep the play in tournament, but you know, if, if they keep it long, you know, they they'll they'll be in there on their own accord, you know, but um Chris Paul is so huge in, in that way. Here is the um response to the question that I was talking about earlier it was asked about the rebounding, and uh, it was it was a couple of questions that were were asked of Monty Williams, and um, I'll get into it here in a second. Uh, of Chris Paul, were similar questions that just just kind of asked a different way, and this was one of them. Really, again, focusing on the rebounding, but asking what you know, what is the the you know what is the key. To it. Is it this, that, or, you know, is it this, or is it that, or is it both, or, 
you know, um, it's, is it boxing out? Is it, you know, having the, the right, the right matchup, you know, whatever. And so Monty Williams, this is where he talks about the, the stargazing, but, uh, in response to, you know, um, just rebounding and boxing out and, and, you know, what, what, what is more important? What do you need to have? All of it. All of it. It's, it's been... We, we have to have a hit-first mentality. Um, when you look around the league, like, boxing out has become, like, a lost art. You know, when the shot goes up, everybody's stargazing. You know what I mean? And we've talked about it, and our guys understand it. And, and you know, teams are taking advantage of it. Um, free throw box out, you see guys pushing you under the stanchion, that kind of thing. But we just have to do a better job. I can sit here and talk about it all day long. Uh, it's not, they're not going to stop doing that. They've done it all season, not just against us, but they've, they've been in the positive more, more times than not in that category. More importantly, what he was asked of there is, is just, um, you know, the Pelicans in general, you know, that, that they have been so good in that, in the rebounding category. I want to say they're, they're one of the top rebounding teams if not the top rebounding team. So um, that's kind of what he was talking about near the end there. This is the last question to Monty Williams. There, were, again, were some others, but again, it was, you know, some of the same questions just asked a different way. But this last one is one of those that, um, that uh, was on Zoom, and it was asking... Uh, about uh, Chris Paul and one of the things that uh, was said in the broadcast um, from um, Reggie Miller he said you know he feels like Chris Paul just is able to read read the room read the temperature of the room and um, there is a question that uh, was asked at the end with the um, with TNT um you know, um, Kobe, uh, Kobe with, um, um, Shaq, um, Chuck, um, Kenny and, um, and, uh, I'm having brain fart. Um, but, uh, they were asking him, you know, and mentioned, Hey, um, Reggie said, you know, he felt like you, you just know how to read the room, read the temperature of the room and, and turn it on. And he kind of responded. He said, well, it's not really that. It's just, you know, it's this and that. And, but anyway, um, Monty was kind of asked something similar to that. And here, here's the question. And then of course the, the response. Hey coach, uh, I think we've all seen Chris do some pretty special things, uh, but tonight felt a little more special. Can you kind of put into perspective what you saw from him tonight? I mean, I, I've seen it a ton, and I mean, our local media probably sick of me saying it, but it's, it's it's something I'm grateful for. You know, it's not a play call. Um, it's not an X and O thing. It's just his ability to understand when he needs to take over a game. And um, I don't think I've been around anybody like Chris 
that just has that innate feel for that time. Um, he does a really good job of not injecting himself into the game when he hadn't had a shot. And then he has a feel for the offense being a bit stagnant or turned it over. We just didn't get good shots. And then he just goes into his mix and um, has the ability to get his own shot or find guys in an environment where they can score. It's, it's just his, his ability. Um, he's just a great basketball player, not just a great point guard, but a great basketball player. Yeah, I think our deep. Um. Yeah, I, I, I second that, uh, uh, Coach. Um, next up, Devin Booker. And I'm going to back it up a little bit. And uh, just, uh, again, asking about the the game as a whole. Um, but uh, here, just because it's kind of harder to do, but the, the tail end of Monty uh, there and then the beginning of a book, just asked about the game as a whole. The ability to get his own shot or find guys in an environment where they can score. And it's, it's just his, his ability. Um, he's just a great basketball player, not just a great point guard, but a great basketball player. Yeah, I think our defense slipped a little bit. Uh, obviously, offensive rebounds, second chance points. And, you know, we weren't shifting for each other anymore, but, you know, we figured it out. You know, it's a long game. Um, I mean, watching playoffs historically, you know, you've watched teams go on runs and they get cut down plenty of times, so, you know, we just have to stay locked in, you know, all the way through 48 minutes, um, I think the recovery time from when a team goes on the run to where we get it back to how we're playing is, you know, is important. Um, so there's, there's, you know, uh, Devin Booker's response and, you know, a question about the that play, their play, and he again f- focusing on that that third quarter where they just did, slipped up defensively, didn't play as well, and um, but uh, obviously played better down down the stretch. Devin Booker was of course asked about you know the rebounding, um, and that that's going to be the central thing um, from this. Um, half of the podcast and, and some in the in the second as well but um, you know there was something that coach was had mentioned about how they, you know the guys were already kind of you know mentioning hey you know we need to take a look at the film and, and really kind of get after this rebounding that they already mentioned that and so book was asked of that same thing and and his response on, you know, you know, taking a look at the film and, and getting the rebounding fixed. Hey, the thing is, you know, it's not, you know, the old high school practices where you do real rebounding drills. So, you know, it's always something that you can emulate in the game and feel in the game. And, you know, you can't do any real contact like that in, in practice. So we can stress it, you know, but it has to be on our minds in position. Um, I think that's the thing, you know, and I mentioned it before, rebounding is a want to, and book kind of says it there, that it has to be at the forefront of their mind every time, always thinking about it, being focused, um, or, um, I, 
I don't know if this really applies, but you can say the same thing that um, that uh, uh, Dr. Joe Lukens really liked what I said: "Be where your feet are," um, and that that goes to being focused and and you know um, the whole idea of hey, work at work, home at home. You know, get, get done what you need to get done, and in this case, study the film, get it fixed, and and then do it. You know that's the that's the key. A lot of rebounding kind of, you know, it falls on the big man. You know, the, the big men should obviously have the you know rebounding and and this season it hasn't been you know oh uh, you know da um, you know just terrible at rebounding or anything like that. But you know it it a lot goes on of what you know what is he what is he doing. Um, and that was kind of brought up to, to book uh, about DeAndre Ayton's performance and uh, and relationship to rebounding. And so book had this to say, um, and uh, um, I like that he first goes to um, DeAndre Ayton's defense. He was supposed to be five blocks, by the way. Um, but he just protected our pain. Tell him that every day. You know, if somebody gets beat, you rotate. We have to have his back when Valentinus is in offensive rebounding position and those other guys are crashing. So, you know, we're telling him to sell out, you know, stop the ball. That's what's core. So, good Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum coming downhill, leave your man and make it tough on him. Um, I like that he kind of sticks up for DeAndre Ayton there. You know, not that he needs to, but hey. He, he had four blocks, so it should have been five. Um, I think they got that wrong. And then, you know, this is what's going on. You know, what what what, what we're having DeAndre Ayton do and, and the reason for maybe why he's not getting a whole lot of rebounds. It was hard for me to hear the question that was asked to Devin Booker, but I really like his response. Um, and from what I could gather from what was being asked about the defense they played um, you know Chris Chris Paul and his ability to close out um, and just the the chemistry the time they've had um, on the court together and you know just kind of was asked about you know how does how does that all go down is it something you guys say or is it you know what is it something called out and so here is Devin Booker just kind of on that in general but he mentioned something in the middle and, and I'll, uh, I've never heard before and, and I don't know if anybody else has listening but I, I, I'll talk about it here in a second I mean it's just you know having a feel for each other the chemistry the IQ you know, something works you know, we're going to go back to it you know it sounds simple watch a lot of games sometimes and teams don't expose the, the weak link out there who we call the pitch the person that can't guard we have somebody that we feel that like can't guard and they're switching one through five or one through four one through two. what you hear um, there at the end and, and some of the middle um, in the phrase that uh, from book said that I hadn't heard before I'll get to in a second but it was it's Chris Paul you know kind of joining 
you know, um, look at, at the uh, press conference table at in the middle of his answer. And so you know, that was just what you heard there at the end. And then in the middle is him, you know, a chair being brought in for Chris Paul. But um, he said uh, what they call the pigeon or rather someone that um, can't can't guard very well. It's, it's, I thought that was very interesting. I've never heard that before. Um, so basically the weaker, you know, um, defending player and you talk about you know just attacking the whoever it is the pigeon is and then what they do you know if they felt like you know who the pigeon is on on their team and how they uh, combat that I thought that was very very um, interesting when Chris Paul joined he was of course asked about his takeover his his the points that he had you know 17 19 points in the fourth quarter and you know what is you know when does he decide that that's what needs to be done and there's I I mentioned it with questions to Monty Williams but same thing with Chris Paul and um, maybe eventually hopefully soon I'll have the ability to kind of cut this up the way well I want it but um, Doug Franz from Doug Franz Unplugged uh, did it and I like the way he did it but Chris Paul was asked or gets asked and some of them I'll play if it's a, a response that I remember hearing that I really liked but he gets asked in a couple of different ways you know about him taking over but I really like the response here um, again I can't remember the, what the other ones were but if they if, if I like them all I'll let you guys hear them because you know let less of me Blabbing and, and more of the players and coaches, I think, makes a, you know, I think that's what people like to hear, um, and they explain it a lot better than I do. Um, but um, if it if not, then this is the only one that I'm gonna play of his response to the pretty much the same question of of closing out. Um, but one thing he does say a lot in his response is uh, the common thing: taking what the defense gives them. But uh, the interesting thing he says in this one, I'll uh, talk about here in a second. Uh, I don't know. I'm just sort of taking what the defense gives us. I mean, what's not in there? Uh, we always try to find other ways to score. You know what I mean? That's playing off of one another. <clears throat> and I can hear Willie yell out, go under. You know what I mean? So that means they're going to go under the ball screen. So that's, I can invite me to shoot. How about that? You know, I mean, I think, you know, most players would would be able to understand that. But to be able to process that so quickly in the middle of a game, you have the crowd yelling, you have communication, you can communicate to your guys. um, But when you hear the opposing coach, and he said, I said, we heard Willie say, go under. And it says Willie Green shouting to his guys, basically, and what he said there, go under the screen. Um, and of course, when you when you do that, um, as he said, Chris says it leaves you know for a second leaves Chris open. You know, when you get go over the screen or fight through it, 
you know, that the, there's not a much time, you know, to, you know, set up your, your shot because you're, you're, you're pretty much ever before, but you're going under, you're kind of basically going around the screener to get back to Chris Paul. And, you know, in that time, you don't, you know, you're not set defensively. And so just as Chris said, invites him to shoot the ball. So, but what I, again, focusing on is, you know, the ability Chris Paul has to, you know, hear and communicate everything he needs to communicate and then hear what, you know, the opposing team is, is shouting out or coaches are shouting out and to process that and then, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then, you know, he does it and, and it obviously works best for him. And, you know, again, uh, Chris Paul playing um, chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Hey, I got it right um, this time. I didn't mess it up. There were two or three other questions to Chris Paul. And, again, all about the fourth quarter run he had. But I do like his response to this one. And I think it's a great lesson for all the young basketball players out there that might be hearing this. Um, and, and, you know, Chris Paul has some advice for you uh, here, I think. Um, but uh, it was he, it was mentioned to him that he had 17 points in a row. Like, it, it was just, you know, three-pointers. He just, he really did go off. You know, three, it, you know he had a three-pointer and, you know, some his classic two-pointers. And then he got to the line and, you know, again, 17 points in a row. And, and the first thing he says is, I didn't even know that. Um, in the near the end, in the middle there, he he gestured. Chris Paul said, "You know, taking heat checks is the dumbest thing." And and then he kind of pointed to a book. And he said, "He he's the one that would would take a crazy shot, just kind of messing with him." But um, that is a good point. I mean, you know, take the shots that you know you can make high high percentage shots, but um, you know. The three-point shot, especially, you know, the Steph Curry thing has, I think, helped basketball for scoring, but it's ruined it for fundamentals. You know, a lot of these young kids out there are trying to be like Steph Curry and, you know, shoot from the logo and and trying to make them and, you know, shoot and, and get back on defense before the ball even goes in, hoping it goes in and, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, Steph does that a lot and, and he's confident in his shot and he should be because he makes them you know, at a very high percentage but um, just 
you know, just because you're 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 on a hot streak doesn't mean you should do something stupid to see if you can continue it. To, um, I think uh, that is as. Chris Paul said, very stupid, you know, take high percentage shots, you know, just because you're on a hot streak doesn't mean you stop taking high percentage shots. The next person that was up at the, um, press table was, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and, uh, I'll try to describe the following, um, the best I can, you might just be able to just look at it, but, um, there was a point and kind of really back-to-back um, where um, DeAndre Ayton gets, you know, hit um, hit in the face or hit in the jaw. Um, one was uh, uh, kind of incidental, um, and it was ruled incidental, and yeah, at first glance or from a certain angle, it looks like it was done on purpose, but you know, who knows really, but, um, it was, uh, I can't even remember his name, young, young rooker, Herb Jones, I just started, uh, Herb Jones was, um, coming back, um, um, down the court after, um, a, uh, to get back on defense, and he, you know, you can tell DeAndre Ayton wasn't really, like, paying attention, and his shoulder, um, went up into the side of DeAndre Ayton's jaw. Now, I mean, DA is much taller than Herb, Herb Jones, but in fact, uh, New Orleans, their big thing is, is what I just said, big. They, they get a lot of size from one through five. Um, but it just kind of looks like Herb might have done it on purpose because, you know, there's no way to get his shoulder into DA's, you know, face, neck area without, you know, really like jumping. But, you know, some people from one angle, it looks like he was kind of like jumping back to you know, get out of the way because DA wasn't paying attention. But anyway, he was asked about that. And there was actually one on the other end that was, that should have been ruled a little bit more of a foul by Jackson Hayes, but he was asked about the one with uh, Herb Jones and and, uh, his response on that. He kind of felt like it was intentional. Um, But uh, anyway, here's DA on that. Fine. You know, that's how they want to start the series then. So be it. It's a physical game. It's the playoffs. It's like that count, you know. Regular season, you got, you know, maybe one more after the game like that, but, you know, we in the playoffs, so. And then, it looked like he did it intentional, so I'm not really, you know, it's part of the game, so I'm not really going crazy or, you know, moving in my head. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I, his response is, you know, like of a whatever thing, but I'm kind of hoping that he said, well, now they're going to play that like that. And I'm not going to say that DeAndre Ayton's going to, you know, later in the series, you know, get even and and make a big deal about it. But, um, uh, because that's not his style, but maybe it'll bring out some intensity down the line. 
of course, asked about, you know, the game as a whole, and uh, DeAndre Ayton goes straight to rebounding. Um, rebounding. Um, a lot of offensive rebounds. That's about it. Um, I think our defense was solid on the ground. We just we gotta get them dudes off the glass, man. Um, can't give them those life. Definitely, I, I loved our defense tonight. Just communicating, making sure we get back. Um, definitely, just communicating, making sure we protect home. Just gotta work on that glass part. That's it. And that really is, you know, the big thing they got to work on. It's, it's definitely fixable, that's for sure. And, of course, uh, DeAndre Ayton was asked about, you know, Chris Paul's ability to close out games. And that is the CP3 show. He's got a little taste of it. Um, you know, he was locked in. Uh, you know, he, he just took advantage of what the defense gave him. Um, There's a lot of switching going on in that, in that quarter. Um, and he just took advantage of it. Did best and reading, reading the defense and just attacking. We trust him. Yep. Um, again, you know, it's like three or four times that even players that's not Chris Paul saying reading what the defense is given and basically complimenting how Chris Paul takes over a game basically by reading the game in his basketball IQ. All right, that's pretty much it with uh, game one. Um, up next on Sports Talk with David Mobile, we'll be talking about game two and, and uh, the loss where basically um, the adjustment that Willie Green was telling his team uh, to make, New Orleans made it, and the adjustment on basically for the Suns to play their way and do better on the offensive boards well they didn't do that and that's up next on sports talk with david mobile all right welcome back to sports talk with david mobile game two also in phoenix 125 to 114 win for new orleans um, they uh, scored 30 points in the first, 26 in the second, 34 in the third, and 35 in the fourth. Um, Suns, unfortunately, um, only scored 28 in the first. That's two less. They had a good second quarter with 33, but a bad third quarter again with 22 and just an okay fourth quarter with 21. Brandon Egram, 37 points, 13 of 21 from the field, 8 of 8 at the line. Devin Booker, 31 points, 12 of 19, and uh, no trips to the line. Um, Valanchunas, 13 rebounds, 10 defensive, 3 offensive. Uh, Ayton, 9 rebounds, 6 defensive, and 3 offensive. Ingram again, 9 assists, 4 turnovers, 39 minutes. And Chris Paul, 14 assists, 0 turnovers in 36 minutes. Um, This was a just a great um, shooting performance by New Orleans. Is uh, really what the big difference was. 
again, uh, rebounding, but just not to the same degree. Um, 43 rebounds, 11 offensive and 32 defensive for New Orleans and 33 rebounds, 8 offensive and 25 defensive for the Suns. But again, back to the shooting. Um, the um, Pelicans, they were 46 of 84 from the field, 54%, 54.8, so basically 55% from the field. Of that, 17 of 30, 56.7, so basically 57% from uh, three-point land, and then 16 of 20 from their free throws of 80%. The Suns, they were 50% from the field, um, 43 of 86, 13 of 35 from deep, only 37.1%, and 15 of 18, 83.3%. Um, so just a unconscious shooting night um, for um, New Orleans. Uh, and, I mean, Ingram, 39 minutes, 37 points. Um, Herb Jones, 41 minutes, 14 points. Valanchunas, 26 minutes, 10 points. Uh, Jackson Hayes, 9 points in only 20 minutes. McCollum, 40 minutes and 23 points. Um, and then uh, Nance, 13 points, 21 minutes. And that was pretty much it to speak of. But just a big night by Brandon Ingram. Very, very efficient by everybody. Ingram, 3-3 from three-point land. Um, Herb Jones, 2-3. Um, McCollum, he was 6 of 10 from three-point land. Nance, he got 1 of 3. Uh, Al- Alvarado, he was 2 of 2. Um, Murphy was uh, 3 of 5. That's all from 3-point land. So just very, very efficient in, in those. Um, and, um, you know, the Suns, they um, weren't quite as, uh, as efficient. And then you have what didn't help... Um, Devin Booker with five minutes remaining in the third on a uh, chase down block attempt pulls his hamstring and and didn't return. Now what was most frustrating to me, two things, is one, it was like shot for shot. That's just how you know good New Orleans was, but also that the fact the Suns couldn't find a way to um, come out and uh, be more desperate, be have more energy. Um, I just, I can feel it from when I was watching. That's just the energy and desperation was, was down. Um, you know, and I noticed it from here. And then the other thing is, um, the, um, you know, not playing your way, playing the solid defense that you play, basically coming out on the court thinking you just you know, have a great showing in game one and that that would carry over with little effort and this team would lie down. Um, you come out with no energy and you, you get you get beat. And so, again, back to why I was frustrated is that they couldn't play their way and put this team away similarly to what they did in, in, the, uh, in game one. 
um, you know, went like they should. And maybe if they do that, you don't have to have Booker out there um, in a situation, you know, where they have tr- poor transitional defense and he feels like he has to go make a play because they, they you know, it's unfortunately sorely needed because they've been so bad in, in this game. They're just trying to, you know, keep up with New Orleans. So he feels like he has to make a play that maybe he can make but shouldn't have to make if you keep your foot on the gas and then uh, gets his hamstring. But the other thing that was aggravating is they didn't win without him, which they have the ability to do. Those are the two things that I was very, very upset and disappointed um, when it comes to um, this this game. Um the uh, lead for the Pelicans, their largest lead was 11, and then for the Suns, it was 8. But uh, it was just very, very unsettling. Um, and you have the fact that uh, Phoenix, they had it within 5 in the, in the fourth quarter, where, you know, the clutch time stats that come in place with this Phoenix Suns team did not work for them. In fact, it was the opposite where New Orleans, the opponent, was more clutch in the last five minutes than the Suns were. Um, So that was um, pretty much, you know, what, what went down. So here... Um, is the money rundown a little bit less of a rundown more accurately I know I said it is but obviously the big concern was Devin Booker so that was the first question that was asked but uh, Amani Williams and his response no I think it happened on one play uh, when he was trying to track down someone in transition that's where I think it happened. But other than that, we don't have much else to say about it. But it is a hamstring issue. And the reason why he said he didn't, you know, is what he thought that it happened is that it wasn't really obvious watching the broadcast. In fact, um, you, you couldn't really see it happening. He didn't really grab at it. But when he came down, you know, it was a possession where Suns had possession and, you know, uh, he just kind of gave Chris Paul that look and, you know, subbed himself out. And a great, well, I said gave Chris Paul the look so Chris Paul can call the timeout and, and subbed himself out and then wouldn't return. So, you know, just it, it was, wasn't obvious that that's what happened, you know, when you, when you look at it. So that's why Monty wasn't as confident as to when it happened or how it happened. Marty Williams was was asked about, you know, here the game as a whole, and, and this is, you know, more accurately his his rundown, the money rundown as as I call it, um, but just where he goes with it is what I said earlier, transition defense. The transition defense that, that was probably um, for us the worst we ever looked in transition since I've been here. For that to happen in a playoff game was a bit unsettling for everybody. But our guys have to understand that this team is going to play hard in every possession. You know, we saw it in the third quarter. 
change in my eyes, and then they got hot for three. Um, but the transition, defensive balance wasn't there um, at any level tonight for us. In transition is is so huge to where basically, you know, after a shot is is missed, you know, your shot, you know, you need to get down the court and get set defensively and, and have some some hustle. Um, and I think that also goes back to, you know, the energy they had. They're just the game one, what I said earlier, excuse me, covering that is, you know, the blessing and cursing of um, being so good, playing so well in game one was great for them to get the win, but bad for them because, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this is going to be no problem. We can really handle these guys and you just come out with that mentality and and lose and get beat and in this case get um beat in transition and therefore you know don't get set and they get off you know good shots and um and you know have the efficiency to take and make their shots and and win the game essentially I mentioned that New Orleans just had a unbelievable, ungodly, if you will, um, you know, shooting percentage, and Monty was kind of asked about that. Uh, it was it was okay. We just didn't shoot the ball as well as they did. I mean, they shot fifty four from three. We we had thirteen threes. They shot you know a much lower percentage when you compare it. Um, they just shot a lot better than we did. There were some breakdowns on both ends but they had you know, one guy who was able to knock down tough shots at the end of the clock and we just missed a ton of shots tonight. Um, man uh, the next question that uh, he, he has asked is just you know uh, about you know maybe why they uh, had some of those those lapses that he talked about um and i'll just i don't know it might be some dead air but um it's not much it from the question to the his answer um and you know just why they struggled uh, especially defensively um i just thought it was a lapse in kyp there were a number of times where we just didn't even get a hand up on a guy um or we went under a screen Cullum uh, down the stretch and he gets a three. Uh, Alvarado had a couple, but we just didn't respect him enough to get our hands up. And, um, our guys will be better. We'll watch the film and see how many open looks we gave them just with a lack of intensity to get to their feet and force them to put the ball down, especially at the end of the shot clock. Yeah, that that's kind of KYP, know your personnel. Know, know who's out there. Know, know what, you know, Who's out there for you? Who's out there for them? Um, and what the you know what they can do now? Again, I'm gonna say this a lot. You know, um, New Orleans shot very very efficiently. Something uh, efficient, so efficiently is like you know historic for their franchise. It's like they never they've never shot that efficiently. You know, and and since they're Conception of their of their franchise pretty much is there was a stat that I heard it was like 
you know, one of the tops that they've ever shot. So it doesn't really happen very lot, uh, very lot, very often. But um, you also have to know who's out there for you and for them, so you can defend them better and not take, you know, not take anything for granted that, that you know you're the better team that they are. I think that's what Phoenix did a lot. Monty was asked if it surprised him that, you know, the way the Suns lost and, you know, um, especially being at home, they do play really well at home, but he, you know, goes to, well, we do good to go to their place. And not only were the Suns so good at home and had a, you know, eight games of you know, better than any other team, you know, in the, in the NBA, but they also had an un- unbelievable road record that, and it was a record that is better than anybody else at home. So the Suns were better at your place, at your home than you were. And so that that's kind of where he goes. And and you know, in in I don't know how much credence that has in the playoffs. And the playoffs is a different animal, but this team really does play well. Um, excuse me, on the road, and that's kind of where money goes to. You know, with with when he talks about you know, was it different losing losing at home or in the way you lost because it was at home. Um. Yeah, it does. Just because uh, one, we're at home. Two, um, all of these games are so important. But no matter how you slice it, it's one-one. We can, you know, I'll I'll whine and and feel bad about it tonight, but we're one-one, and it's it's a long series. Um, We get to go to their place, and and, you know, we'll do what we do. We've been really good on the road historically. Without Chris and Book before, if we have to play without Book, next man up. We've done that all year long. Um, this series, I think, and maybe even next series, depending on the opponent. Um, but it, it, you know, you might say regardless if if they if they step up and. You know, like Monty says, they they gotta step up, next man up. If they if they do that like they have in the past, I mean they were um, seven and two the last time Book had a injury for hamstring. Um, so they have the ability to win. Without them, they just got to do it, and I think they can. Um, but if they do, I, I, I think they can do this series just fine. And depending on how severe it is, uh, reports saying originally reports saying that he he wouldn't play games three and four. He might come back for five. Then there was another report saying that it was a little bit worse than what it was expected, so he might miss uh, uh, about two weeks. Which in playoff is is a lot, but it's not a lot. Especially you know you you know you play every 
other day um, when you know for the first uh, two games and then you have a travel day and then and then um, you know that cycle goes again so you have some more time off so it might not be so bad either that um, he you know come back at at the beginning or you know maybe after one or one game or so in, into the next series um, but I'm not worried uh, some things are unsettling but not not worrisome this team can win without Devin Booker the big question that I talked about um, you know going down the stretch some of the losses they had in the regular season rest versus rust and so his question to Monty Williams, what you know, do you think it's still getting in rhythm? And so he talks about, you know, whether rhythm has anything to do with the game two loss. Uh, it could be that. I mean I don't wanna make come up with too many theories about that, but that that could be the case. Um, you know, if you look at our shooting percentages tonight, you know, we have a number of guys that just didn't knock down the shots they knocked down the other night. This is game two, it's not game one. You know, we've had a number of days to practice. So I wouldn't blame them for them. Give them credit. I mean, they, they played, I thought they played harder than we did. And I told our guys that. Like, we typically don't get played outplayed from an intensity standpoint. And you have to give them credit. And that's exactly what I think it was, you know, the difference in intensity. I just noticed it really early on. Um... Normally I wouldn't say something like this, but you know I'm I'll be wrapping up. Uh, I have a couple other guys that I'll be talking about for press conferences, uh, but it won't won't be a whole whole lot. I think uh, you know money is the bulk of where I'll go, um, especially in the in the loss. But uh, um, full disclosure, just because of you know home things are going on in the home life which is not nothing too crazy it's just it's just been busy work um but um and the tip tip off time um it is somewhat of a killer sometimes for uh, for you know uh being being so late you know eight and nine o'clock tip off times um are are killers so i end up you know missing some of the game obviously i catch up and watch it later but full disclosure i you know that's where i'm going with is that i missed a lot of a lot of this this game you know especially live but as i said in the beginning just the you i felt like the intensity wasn't there in game one i'm i'm cheering and shouting because you know the 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 team's intensity was there, the crowd's intensity was there, and, and this in game two, crowd's intensity was there for the most part. The team wasn't, and I'm just I wasn't getting excited for every shot as I did did in game one. And Monty Williams hit it right there. You know, give them credit first off, but also, you know, they not often that you know the Suns don't come prepared in that way. Mikael Bridges also uh, was at the uh, press table, the uh, um, at the podium, if you will. Um, nothing really to uh, speak about. Mainly, I mean, he was asked about you know his thoughts of Book being out, and he said, "Well, it, it, obviously he's a leader, but 
we won games without him, without Da and 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 Chris, and throughout the season. So we'll be ready. Um, but other than that, you know, just commenting on the transition defense and and uh, you know things they got to work on and and more of you know the typical hey we'll be ready we'll be fine uh, responses. So nothing too out of the ordinary or anything that really caught my eye or caught my uh, caught my ear if you will from um, Mattel Bridges. The other person that uh, spoke was uh, was Cam Johnson, um, and uh, a lot of what he had to say was more personal. Um, he was asked about his 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 brothers. He's got some young younger brothers. Um, you know, one of them um, at North Carolina now um, goes by uh, Puff Johnson, and they talked about that a little bit and how he got his name. And um, so you just kind of really get to know um, Cam Johnson in, in in a different way. So it was a very very lighter um, tone, but uh, like I said, I think uh, Monty Williams was the bulk of where I was uh, going to go so um, you know about an hour on game one and uh, less than a half an hour for game two on this on this tonight so um, that will pretty much uh, wrap uh, wrap things up I appreciate everybody um, and uh, I'm you know of course really excited for game games uh, three and four and of course four being at the arena so um been it's been cool um and i'm excited the suns are back in the playoffs and so watching from my couch to at the arena is going to be something special and of course i'll talk about that um and again i'll hope to uh, talk about game three separately and game four separately like i was planning to do with games uh one and two separately but just didn't work out but Anyway, until next time, I thank you guys for joining me, and this has been Sports Talk with David and Mobile. Thank you.